Hello there, listeners and fans of Stories After Dark. If you're enjoying Derek's storytelling and fascinating cases, there's a good chance you will also enjoy my podcast, the Asian Madness Podcast. True crime, urban legends, mysteries, anything weird, anything dark, everything with an Asian twist. Podcasts can be found on any podcatcher, including Apple and Spotify. The internet is filled with supernatural stories, and one place online that's so saturated with them is Reddit. Many of those stories almost seem unbelievable, but whether real or not, some, like the two in this episode about the swang, are just too good not to be shared. You're listening to Stories After Dark, a Philippine true crime and mystery podcast powered by Anchor and released exclusively on Spotify, with new episodes out every week. These are two stories called A Way to Know What Follows You and My Cousin Has a Gift, written by Reddit user 7signs and published on the No Sleep subreddit. Lending her voice briefly in the second story is Jessica, host of the Asian Madness podcast, a show about true crime, superstitions, urban legends, mysteries, and weird news from the Asian continent. You can listen to the Asian Madness podcast on Spotify. The first story, a way to know what follows you. I hate walking at night, not really because I'm scared of monsters or ghosts. Where I'm from, you get more scared of real dangers. Stray dogs, junkies, gangs roaming the streets looking for the next person they can mug. And perfectly enough, I was working the night shift. My shift started at 2am and I would leave the house at 12 midnight. Having a workmate one block away from my house with the same shift takes away some of the anxiety of having to walk alone at night. We had the same shift but had different days off, so four times a week we would meet in front of my house and take a 15-minute walk to the bus station. Pardon me for repeating, but stray dogs in my neighborhood are a major problem. One time I parkoured, if that's an actual word, the crap over my 7-foot fence to get away from a stray dog which I think had gone rabid. Me and Trey, not his real name, were walking one night dodging the dark parts of our street knowing that there might be rabid dogs or junkies hiding in wait. I remember, we were talking about some random thing about work and how his family liked the new neighborhood. Trey and his family moved into town a month ago. We were in the middle of our conversation when I noticed a stray brown dog following us. It was strange because usually these strays would be barking or growling at us. This one, however, was just quietly trailing 10 feet behind us. For some reason, this dog made me feel uneasy more than the usual ones barking and growling, and now that I think of it, none of them were in the streets that night. Trey noticed that I had been looking back at the dog and asked me if everything was okay. Yes, I said. Everything's cool. It's just that… You noticed? He interrupted. I looked at him and he gestured his head toward the dog. I nodded and my unease grew when his face got stiff. He was trying his best not to look at the dog. You know, in our province, we had stories about things. He was being careful with the words he was choosing. What? I asked. 
What are you talking about? We both stopped walking. The dog just stood there 10 feet away. It didn't have that rabid look about it, but it didn't look friendly either. There were things, Trey continued, that come out at night. They prefer taking newborn babies and unborn fetuses, but some older folks were reported to have been disappearing too. Dude, what are you talking about? I said. I thought he was probably kidding me, but his face was pale and his hands were shaking. A swang was all he managed to say, as if his throat had locked up. It felt like cold water was poured all over my body. As a kid, my father and my grandfather had told me stories about Aswang. These creatures of the night assume the form of humans and can transform into different creatures, from black pigs to giant birds to man-sized bats, and most commonly, to dogs. They feed on human flesh, preferring infants and newborn babies. Miscarriages where the fetus is missing inside the womb is also said to be caused by a swang. Dude, I think you're crazy, I said. The desperation in my voice sounded palpable. You know, there's a way to know if that dog is, Trey said. His voice was shaking now. I felt like I'd had enough, and I could feel my logical brain allow one last bit of skepticism. If there was a way to prove that what he was saying was or wasn't true, fuck it, tell me. With your back facing it, Trey said, peek between your legs. You will see its true face. He made it obvious with his choice of words that he wanted me to do it. Fine, whatever, I said. I gathered the last quickly evaporating ounce of courage I had and did exactly as he said. I turned my back from the dog, slowly bent forward, and peeked between my legs. I guess since in this position everything looked upside down, my brain took a split second longer to process what was in front of my eyes and for my fight or flight instinct to kick in. I saw the brown dog, upside down from my perspective. Other than that, the dog was, to say, normal. I realized, as soon as I heard Trey bursting into hysterical laughter how stupid I looked, that was enough to make me give him a kick to his thigh and bombard him with a flurry of split-second curses. You sure fell for it, Trey said. He was still laughing when I noticed that the dog was gone, probably got scared of Trey's loud hysterical laughter. He'll pay for this, I said. My voice sounded more relieved than angry. Trey started walking again when I realized that I had dropped my phone during the stunt Trey made me pull off. I walked back and as I bent over to pick up my phone, I heard Trey telling me to hurry up. I asked for a vacation leave for three days after that night. In fact, I requested for a change in shift. I told my boss that unless I'm placed in the day shift, I would have to quit my job. I made up some excuse about a health problem, but the truth is, I'm just terrified to come to work. I'm terrified to walk outside at night. I'm terrified to walk to the bus station with Trey. After seeing Trey's face when I peeked between my legs that night while picking up my phone, I'm terrified of Trey. The second story, my cousin has a gift. My country has a rich folklore. I'm now inclined to believe that majority of these stories are not to be taken lightly. My previous experience is proof that there are creatures lurking around watching us. I remember my grandfather telling me a story about how my aunt fell victim to a mambabarang, a witch who practices evil magic and uses insects and other crawlers in her curses. My aunt had a suitor who was apparently admired by the mambabarang, 
my grandpa said that they once found a scorpion inside my aunt's dresser when there are no known scorpion species local to where they lived. There was this other incident when my aunt fell ill for days. Whenever they tried to take her to the hospital, she would go into seizure and throw up maggots and beetles. My grandma used to tell me to be cautious of the kamachile tree behind their house. She told me never to play around that tree since there was a resident spirit there, Atikbalang. She told me a story of how when she was younger, she would sit by that tree to read books. Once, it was getting late by the time she had decided to go back in when she heard someone say, Wait. She spun around. Nobody was there, but an overpowering smell of tobacco was suddenly noticeable. Come with me, the same voice beckoned to her. The voice was soft and seductive, as my grandma would put it. In her head, the image of a handsome lad began to materialize. The sound of breaking twigs made her look up to the tree to find a seven-foot-tall man perched on a huge tree branch. It was holding a lit tobacco in one hand, the other hand beckoning to her. She ran home screaming when she realized that the man had the head of a horse. Another story told to me by my grandpa was of the Mananangal. He said that when he was still a boy, he would usually stay out late with his friends. His mother would lock him out of the house, so he would be left to sleep on a wooden cart they used for transporting produce. One evening, he was lying on his back looking at the sky when he saw something hovering high above him. The horror of seeing the flying torso of a woman with giant bat wings made him squeal like a baby. He started smashing his fist on their front door, shouting for someone to open up. Luckily, someone opened the door just in time, just as the winged creature began to swoop down. My grandpa felt a gust of wind blow through the door a split second before he slammed it shut. Needless to say, he refused to go out with his friends for at least a month after that incident. These creatures that appear in our folklore may vary in shapes and sizes, but they all have one thing in common. Their intentions and motivations are all clear. Manananggal, Aswang, and some others crave the taste of human flesh. Other elementals such as Tikbalang, Encanto, etc. are all territorial entities that are often passive unless you cause them harm or inconvenience. I'm terrified of these creatures I mentioned earlier. However, there's this one story with my cousin which I find most disturbing. Chantal is five years younger than me, and her gift of seeing invisible creatures is not a secret to the family. I called bullshit at first, but she convinced me after saying that Grandma's house had a resident backyard tikbalang. There was no way she could have known about Grandma's story. Grandma died when Chantal was just a year old. I invited Chantal, plus one of my friends, to visit a river near Grandma's house. All three of us were planning to swim in the river, but decided against it when we found out how cold the water really was. We all agreed to just sit by the bank and have a picnic instead. I noticed that Chantal kept staring at the river. I thought at first she wanted to take a swim, but she insisted that it wasn't really a big deal. We were destroying the chicken sandwich mom had prepared when Chantal suddenly blurted, What's your name? My friend sitting across her gave her a puzzled look. It's Anthony. I thought I already told you earlier, Anthony said in a confused tone. Oh, no, she said, her eyes still stuck on the river. It's... Never mind. Can we go back now? Are you okay? I asked my cousin. Wait, do you see something? Yes, no, Chantal said. I don't know. Look, can we just go back now? So what do you see? 
Anthony asked Chantal. Chantal glared at me. Don't worry, I defended. He doesn't think you're crazy. Right, yeah. Chantal said. Just tell everyone about our little family secret. Thanks, Aaron. Chantal stood up and was turning to leave when Anthony grabbed her arm. No, wait. Just tell me what you see, Anthony insisted. Where is it? Chantal turned to face us again. Her face suddenly went pale and her eyes widened. We need to go. Now. Chantal said in a terrified voice. I felt the hair stand up on the back of my neck. I felt a sense of dread unlike anything I've felt before. See, there are some instances when you simply fear for your life, like when you're chased by a rabid dog or when you see a snake perched up about to strike you. What I felt at the time was nothing of the sort. It was a deeper fear, something unexplainable, something irrational. I grabbed Chantal's arm and we bolted straight back to Grandma's house as fast as we can. When we got home, Chantal was still in shock. I asked her what she saw, but she only shook her head while saying, I don't know. Chantal later said that creatures lurking around in the dark all have names, from tiny gnomes to giant hairy men, they are all named. What she saw was something she had never seen before, and it didn't have a name. She said that the creature, tall, skinny, and covered in mucus, appeared in the middle of the river. It was staring at the three of us and moving. What was unnerving about the creature was that it had no face. It was observing us from a distance, cocking its head like a predator, taking interest in its prey. There was no way to know what its motives were since it didn't speak. There was no way to know what it was thinking since it didn't have a face. The other creature suddenly disappeared when it emerged from the river. Chantal was certain about one thing though, it wasn't friendly. She realized this when she saw it begin to crawl towards us on all fours with its jet black claws digging into the soil. Thank you for listening to Stories After Dark, a Spotify exclusive powered by Anchor. Stay tuned next week for a new episode, and to make sure you're updated about the show, please follow Stories After Dark on your Spotify app as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This episode was produced by me, Derek, and the stories I read with Jessica were written by Reddit user 7signs. Music is by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. You can find Jessica's podcast, The Asian Madness Podcast, on Spotify. If you'd like to see the references used for this episode, suggest cases, send personal stories, or further support the show, you can go to storiesafterdark.ph for more information. All of the links are in the episode description. <laughs>